You're entering a realm which is unusual. Maybe it's magic, <laughs> or contains some kind of monster. The second one. Prepare to enter. Welcome to the world of tomorrow! Good, good, good news, everyone! Welcome to the world tomorrow. I'm Big Piss, joined as always by PP Butts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just kidding. I'm Willie, and joined as always by my beautiful, beautiful, handsome co-host, Danny D. Thank you. How are you, Danny D? Oh, I'm just, I'm doing just fine. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I've had a, I've had a good couple uh, last weeks. PD and I have. We took a little bit of a recording break, but we are yes. back on it. So PD and I haven't talked in earnest uh, in a couple of weeks, but yeah, as well, we, we always we do, texted, we like to, we've kept up. We just haven't physically spoken to each other. I didn't hear the sound waves. <laughs> Let's, we'll put it into a scientific way that the, all these nerds who listen to this Futurama centric podcast can understand. Nerds. No, the no sound waves vibration. weren't reaching my eardrums. Okay. Uh, eardrums, no. monk. Oh. Um, <laughs> but thank you guys for joining us again. Uh, today we're going to cover Season 2, Episode 16. The Deep um, South. The Deep South. And I think we'll pretty quickly understand where the pun comes in there, huh? Uh, so I, I thought it was uh, – I always thought it was the Deep, Deep South. I thought the Deep South was like the, you know, like cousin fucking Alabama. I just thought that was referred to as the Deep South. I didn't realize that. I always thought this was like the Deep, Deep South because obviously it's, it's under the sea. But yeah, I guess I was wrong. We're underwater. It's just the Deep South. I mean, okay. but it's simple. It's, 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 it's plain and simple. And I don't know what you want from me. I, 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 I'm not I the want, one who wrote I the script. Pizzazz, and I, as I said to the listeners last week, uh, I am going to be rating this bigly, okay? It is going to be... I will be rating this bigly as well. <laughs> or a duck. Or a duck. Also, I just watched the, the January 6th commission, and I like was so triggered by everything, so I don't know why I'm trying to quote that, but... I'm so glad that we had this record planned for tonight so that I don't have to even think about that because, yes. yeah. Eggs crackly. Well, yeah, it'll be uh, an interesting week uh, politically. But um, speaking of interesting week, should we jump to good news? Because I have some about a good week. Good news, everyone. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Let me get a clean one. Good news, everyone. God, I love that. There we that. go. Um, yeah, let's jump right in, PD. Also, addendum. I think as we okay. progress through the episodes and we get Professor like more of like the animated one, we should record another one where he's like, "Good news, everyone!" Because I feel like he doesn't. Okay, I can try to find right? more. I can try or to find just, more. It, it, just maybe it, when it happens in an episode, I'll point. I'll point it out and be like, "Oh, hey, it's at like three twenty-two or something." I do. So here's the thing: is some of our soundboard is limited to what I can. Um, maybe, maybe or not take things off of YouTube. Listeners, <laughs> yeah. do not tell anyone in the <laughs> FBI that I said that. It's the YBI. Um, so it's the what I pulled from is basically just – yes, exactly. <laughs> what I pulled from was basically just a compilation of the professor's quotes. And so, of course, maybe a quarter of them are just different versions of him saying good news. And I tried to pick the one that was like the most clear – 
because it's not obviously it's not the best quality. It was probably uploaded twelve years ago. So, uh, um, yeah. But I agree with the idea. I agree with the addendum. The and 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 counselor. <laughs> I was gonna say the addendum is principle. approved. Okay. <laughs> Your Honor, uh, we have no further questions for the for the for the uh, the jury the jury who we're questioning. Uh, thank you, Counselor. And obviously, I am still drunk with power. The Qualicor, I think the listeners can now understand that if I was I don't know, let's say I was in the Lord of the Rings universe, um, and as all men are drawn to the One Ring and, and, and sort of succumb to its power if they're not strong willed enough. I think all the listeners can now accurately assess that. I should not be trusted with that one ring. I'll call you Boromir, but you're yes. so good at not indulging in things that that would make me like the dirtiest of Smeagles. That would, that would make <laughs> me, like, the Smeagol who like jumps in the lava at first, doesn't wait until the very yeah. End of he the like series. he as soon as he finds it in the cave, he's like, I better take this to Mount Doom, <laughs> and then jump straight in so I can end my life with it, hold it close to my chest. Exactly. Or I just never take it off, you know. I wonder, do you think you come when you put it on and it's just like perpetual coming? Yeah, what happens if you put it around your dick? Oh. Let's be honest, hobbits have tiny wieners because they're just tiny. Or you did it Well, the, the ring does adjust to its wearer's size. I think that, that is, is true. canon. That is canon. Yeah. Right? Because Saur- or, obviously uh, Sauron has huge fingies. Sauron is a gigantic. He's probably like, what, 12 feet tall or some shit? Yeah, I, I think know. he's like 10. That's what they make it seem. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, so. and, and, and Frodo is what? But a mere three feet. Yeah. So. Three feet, four inches. Which I think is so funny because they clearly built the that for an American audience. Like, no one uses inches. But it's so nice of you to say that so we get it. <laughs> Well, but the funny thing is that even though they're short, hobbit feet are probably still about the size of a, a regular human foot. So you probably could right. still use feet. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, or whatever that oh, wives tale is about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how they use the king's Some, foot. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, is that okay. a true thing? I think it probably has a base in truth, but has been like extrapolated over the years. And it wasn't actually like a king's foot. It was like oh, we just chose someone's foot because that's how they measure things, foot to foot to foot to foot. And then that yeah, I mean, standard. people still do the whole thing of like a meter is like one step forward kind of thing, is which it, obviously is different for everybody, but. Three feet? Isn't a meter three feet? Like, oh, it's a, a bit over three. That's a yard. Yeah, a meter is like. Two and a half. A, a, few, a few inches longer than a yard, I think. Meter two feet. One Meter equals one, I hardly know her. So that's weird. Meter? <laughs> I hardly know her. 3.28, yes. Uh, repeating, of course. Well, it's not actually repeating, but. <laughs> that would be hard to measure if it was repeating. Because that would mean that it's like an irrational number. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyways, my good news is that I, I just got back from Portland. I uh, got to spend it with my family. Uh, everything was great. We went to my brother's graduation for his uh, orthopedic residency. Congratulations. Snooze. That is awesome, though. So yeah, he, is he right. finally, as a doctor, is he finally done with school? Or nope. like He's still not oh. a fellowship he has to go through for a year oh. in New Mexico. So, okay, but fellowship is, that's like a job. You know, it's not like. Yeah, but it's not like. Like you, I think you're still making similar to residency money. You're not making okay, like so daddy not dollars. real doctor money, daddy right. dollars. Right, exactly. Well, and as we all know, though, uh, 
nothing compares to the on the ground experience of a fellowship. And yes, I am talking about the fellowship of the, of the ring. ring. Okay. <laughs> he said his attending <laughs> is Gandalf and <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but no, and when nice. he saw that the hospital administrator was uh, Sauron, he got a little worried. <laughs> I'm trying to think of good Sauron quotes, but there aren't really that many. More like Sauron, am I right? There you go. And I think that the the main thing I think of when I think of Sauron is like his long fingernails and him doing that oh, over thing. the Palantir. Yeah, wait, he's got like creepy fingers over the, the Palantir. <laughs> Christopher Lee, God rest your zombie bones. You're the best. It's truly, truly a great villain actor. Oh, 100%. Um, and he did. No, he wasn't Nosferatu. He was he was Dooku. Dracula's. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was Duke Nukem. He was Count Dooku. Oh, Count Dooku. Yes, I did watch that the other day. Actually, very unlimited power. I know he does. It's not. It's not him that says that. But true. Um. Anyway, so I uh, did that. Started my new job this week, which has been great. And then I fly out to uh, again. To a wedding tomorrow night at 11 p.m. Fuck me. Uh, and I'll Who be are you, Mark Cuban with all this jet setting? I know. Seriously, I'm so excited to get back and, like, hopefully not travel for the rest of the fucking summer and be able to, like... Let, let's be honest. You're just mad because you can't play Elden Ring when you're gone, right? Yes, but guess what? I'm kind of over it, okay? Yeah, I, I'm getting towards that point, too. I, there's no more exploring. It's slowed down. It slowed down exactly. There's no more exploring. And while it, some things are interesting, I just don't have the time to do like all the runs that you might see like a real good yeah. player do because they can get them done in like two hours. But like yeah. it still will take me like 20 or 30 hours to do a run. So 100%. Kind of, I haven't played since the weekend, but um, yeah. I'm slowing down too. Yeah. So we'll have to find a new one. Maybe we'll do Horizon Zero Dawn or something so I can do West. But. There will be a new Assassin's Creed in a couple months. I just need to stop Gap Game in between that I can, like, you know, use for my nerdy release. I was considering No Man's Sky because that's a Splorin game, but it, it's still it, 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 it's gotten much better reviews now that <laughs> the game has been out. That was, like, also an accident. I didn't I mean to do that. One. It was so genuine. And again, local. local. Um, it, like I've always been drawn to that game, but obviously at first it had terrible reviews because like they just didn't develop it well enough. And then eventually they, they caught up and it was good, but I think it's still very like, it's just, it's an infinite universe, but it's infinite at a one inch depth. There's no real depth to it. So you wouldn't want to kind of like, yeah, maybe it'll be good for a couple hours, but I don't know if it's worth (laughs) 20 or 30 bucks for that. So yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, my good news PD, my good news is good news for the both of us. And let me just say this to the listeners. We are so humbled, honored. Um, what other words can I use to describe crumbled. this feeling that we have? We are crumbled. We are bonnered. Honored. <laughs> Honored. Um, bonnered. We like are just bonnet. so excited to announce that we have our very wait, wait, first wait, wait, wait. Pa- wait. Drum roll, please. Oh, right, right, right. Our very first Patreon supporter. Hey! 
We in, in are just like of, over the freaking moon, dude. In the words of our president, that's a big fucking deal, man. That's a big fucking deal. Uh, we are so happy to announce that um, our first Patreon supporter's name is Sam. He has supported us at, get this, guys, the ship captain level. Okay, that is the highest tier of support that anyone can provide to us. So we just have an un, unimaginable amount of gratitude uh, to Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, we appreciate his support uh, this month. We hope it can continue, but you know that means that PD and I we're gonna we're gonna be delivering on our promises. So yes, yes, listeners who aren't supporters, you can now be envious because Sam will be getting exclusive content that literally only will fall upon his ears. And now you could. <laughs> Have access to it as well, listener, if you subscribe to the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash world of tomorrow pod. Um, but yeah, we're pretty excited. Um, that was very Tolkien-esque. Yeah. I'm very impressed. And I, I am impressed with Sam for leading by example for all of our the people yes, who exactly. to this podcast. Well done, Sam. We're, we are excited to produce content for you, that you're leading the charge. And we've got a lot in store for you, including an episode that we're soon to record. Uh, and we'll give you a little hint. Perhaps Tumblr-centric, perhaps not. Okay. And perhaps a little bit naughty. <laughs> Ronchy, if you Ronchy is a great word. Ronchy is a much better word. Thank you. Yes, exactly. So anyway, we are just over the moon. Um, it's honestly surreal. Uh, are we over the moon or are we whalers? On the moon. We're whalers on the moon. <laughs> I still need to get that in the soundboard. Still we my top. whaling tune. <laughs> but there ain't no whales, so we, so we tell all this. <laughs> whalers on the moon. Uh, well, that's okay. actually a good well, segue. Well, that gets us to the episode. Exactly. The, the, exactly what I was thinking. So, so if um, I may, since this is one of my favorite episodes. Okay, please. Go I'd ahead. like to start things. I appreciate so, you asking politely because I am the one with the gavel. As, as <laughs> snarkily but still politely as possible <laughs> as to not incur koala court. <laughs> Just enough to skate by. Uh, no, I absolutely – ever since like I – can remit can remember watching this. It's been one of my or this this series. It's been one of my favorite episodes. I don't know if it's just like the very whimsical underwater scenes. If it is the fact that it's got the whole crew there, everyone's kind of got their lines. Um, there's okay, PD. Of- let me. Can I ask you a question? Yes. So in this episode, we see that um, the the Planet Express ship never goes to outer space. But it does go to the outer space that is on planet Earth, which is the deep dark sea. Yes. For you, Prince. as a fan of the outer space traveling in the show, do you get any, if not the same or close to the same sort of feeling from the underwater travel? I actually get more out of it because I've always been interested in okay. the deep, the deep, deep, deep ocean. A, it's terrifying, but B, every time we go down there, we discover something new. There's always something crazy and awesome happening, like Planet Earth about the um, volcanic vents where water comes out at like 800 degrees, uh, and there's still scrimps who are like living on it. Yeah, it's very interesting. And like snails and stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, it's full of like mercury or lead or some type of like very inhospitable element. And they still I think there's there sulfur. Like, there's a lot of sulfur. Sulfur, yes, indeed. Uh, chemically speaking, uh, S, letter of S. 
Uh, the letter S. Today's episode also is sponsored by the letter <laughs> S. Sammy's Sultry Sulfurs. Uh, get yours today. Walk right into our store and it smells like a fart. <laughs> Ew, a sulfur fart. I feel like I don't have sulfur farts. Like the like eggy kind? Yes, I never really have those very often. But when I do, there it's definitely a But when it's Easter and I've had a lot of deviled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I hate deviled eggs. God. Uh, plus, oh, that's right. You only like angelic eggs. Yes. Uh, thank you. Also, <laughs> as a Christian. <laughs> as a Christian. Thank you. Also, if you think that I'm going to waste my belly space on appetizers pre-hammed in, uh, you got another thing coming. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We can get into Daniel's ham philosophy on another episode. <laughs> that'll be a Patreon all about ham yeah, and that'll be, ham products. Ham episode will be a Patreon exclusive. And yes, <laughs> it probably will overlap more than it should with the Tumblr porn episode. <laughs> You'll just have to subscribe to find out, folks. Yeah, exactly. To uh, be continued. No, this, this episode totally does it for me. Like, the, the travel and everything, I don't – there's also – maybe there's a nostalgia to it because I feel like I have, like, a very distinct memory of staying up late in the summer when I was maybe in, God, third or fourth grade. We were at the new house, so probably maybe fourth or fifth grade. But staying up late and watching it and being like, oh, this is a really cool show that, like, I don't think I'm technically supposed to watch yet. You know, it's kind of like – for teens, not in between. Yeah, there's still like plenty of jokes that you you see your older siblings laugh at and you don't get, but you laugh anyway because right, exactly. You, you kind of socially cue pick up that it's like a joke. Yeah, and so I have it has a soft spot in my heart for th- for that as well. But um, no, one of my one of my absolute faves, and um, we see a lot of, of of travel, new places, new characters, very funny, like fourth wall breaking as well. So. There's some good lore as well. Um, oh, yeah. I, I do love that the way this starts out because I, I, I realize like – so we've talked a little bit about how the cold opens are in the show. And sometimes they are kind of have nothing to do with the rest yeah. of the plot. Like I, I know the one where like they're on the monument beach is like kind of just completely – unrelated to the rest of that episode. But Mm -hmm. in this one, basically Hermes comes in and he's sort of like, Oh, like I I submitted a requisition for Nibbler to have like an official office pet. Um, And Hermes sort of reveals like, Oh, I I don't care about Nibbler. I just like doing requisitions. (laughs) And that was like a complicated requisition. But then he, he opens the thing and it ends up just being on accident. They, instead of a pet license, they were given a fishing license and then he reveals it's that mandatory. it's mandatory, <laughs> which is like kind of unnecessary, right? Because there are so many other things that they could just like at this point in the show, they could easily just be like, we're going to go fishing and we don't need any other reason for that. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, they decided to make it like we have to go fishing. Right, right, exactly. And like, which I guess makes it like kind of a, a leak proof plot premise or something more so than just being like, you know, cause a lot of sitcoms will be like, it's about an office, but everyone's doing anything but work, you know? Right, right, right. Well, I mean, some fishing license, like when we went fishing for my birthday, it was like a one day license. So I technically wasn't mandatory, but it was like, oh, if you purchase this for the wrong day, there are no reef. I mean, it's like $17 or $17 and four cents, something weird like that. But it's like the only day you can go. So maybe that's what he was. He was just being frugal and calling it mandatory. Oh, well, I just meant like the whole idea of them needing to have like a permit is kind of unnecessary, right? And no one would be like 
like no one's going to call out suspension of disbelief because they go fishing without a permit. It's like a oh, TV right. show, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like an animated TV show about like the, the future. So yeah. I just thought it was funny that they kind of start out that way. Like they didn't really need to, but I it's it's fascinating to me that they're like, okay, well, we'll just kind of go with this. It, it does have a very kind of like quick, now we're out fishing. It only takes them about a minute, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas some cold opens are like two or three minutes before it sort of gets to what the main plot arc is. Um, some of them are even but, like yeah. 14 minutes of like kind of like meandering and then they get to a very small then, plot at the end or, or exactly. a, some type of like uh, big change comes and they're like, oh, we got to wrap this up. So they, they head out to the, as the professor says, the exact middle of the Atlantic because he thinks <laughs> it's a logical spot fish might congregate, uh, which I thought was like, I guess you're technically right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. Do they congregate? I thought they congregate mostly like on like uh, shelves and then in the middle of the ocean, they like, I guess they could congregate in schools. I think it just depends on the fish, to be honest. I mean, the density, you're right. It is denser, closer to like coral reefs and where there's like more shallows and stuff because there's more biodiversity there, I think. But um, yes, there, I mean, fish be everywhere. True. Different, different ecosystems. Yes. Yeah. But I, I, precisely. uh, I love that Bender's like, um, what's he say? Uh, oh, let's go ahead and make this interesting. Everyone kick in five bucks. And he's like, there, wasn't that interesting. Like, yeah, he just steals their a, money. But it's such like a fifth grade thing to do. Like it's like whoever wrote that. Now, okay, now that is pre-friend bullying Will Spangler. Yes, I can right? scrotally see that. I mean, not that he literally did that, but that is the type of thing that he would do. He would have done when we were like maybe just eight to be or a nine, shit. just to be a little shit. Uh, but yeah. you know, by by twelve or thirteen, we had straightened him out. So yeah, um, shout out to Will. He's still one of our best friends, and um, he's a good guy. Don't he's you graduate. see him in the street? Don't bring this up, okay, guys, fans. I know that. Sometimes we can rile you up and, you know, you want to support us. Um, but if you're going to support us, just do it on Patreon, okay? Exactly. And congratulations to Will on his graduation from the School of Hard Knocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, according to the t-shirt he used to wear in fifth grade, he had graduated by age nine or so. So, <laughs> Age nine? Gra- Wait, did he really have a t-shirt? No, no, I'm just kidding. I just feel like it's the type of thing that's on a t-shirt. Oh, yeah. I know. Or or it's either a little kid's t-shirt or a middle-aged man, a single divorced middle-aged man on Facebook. Yes. That's his education. Who has like a trucker's hat and a goatee. Yes, it's always the goatee. Yes, and maybe white sunglasses. Definitely the the Oakleys, the kind that don't really bend around your ear, just the kind that have like a yeah, straight. Yeah, just the rim. Yes, that literally psychopaths wear like that and transition lenses. If you see someone like that, just do not. Hey, Dave off. Calvin wears transitions. Okay, you better watch your mouth. Dave Calvin can pull off transitions because he is of an age where they're functional. Okay, they're functional, but they're also <laughs> necessary. But if someone our age. Or like in their like forties, perhaps, which aren't far isn't far off for this gal. Oh God, don't remind me. Yeah, I know. Ten. We have. I just when I signed on to my little like workday thing, it was like you are thirty years, six months, and five days old. I was like, why are you telling me this? I hate yeah, it. Now we're now we're at the age where we don't want to keep track. Yeah, uh, because things are downhill from here, <laughs> physically at least. <laughs> physically at least. 
Exactly. Um, so one one other thing. So basically, they're on top. The ship is like floating over the middle of the ocean, and mm-hmm. they're like on top of it. They're kind of each doing their own thing. You know, Amy's sunbathing, and they're all setting up their own like fishing rigs. One thing I noticed on it is that there's an igloo cooler. There's right. an igloo cooler on the top of the ship. You know, because they're like having it's like a beach day, basically, right? So they have yeah, drinks yeah, yeah. in there. Oh, you might assume, um, but I realized that it's the year three thousand and. The cooler looks the exact same as it does now, <laughs> which is like, like a funny thing of like, you know, you don't think too much of it. This is the first time I ever noticed it, but um, I'm like, hmm, a thousand years later and the design has not been updated we, at all, which you know what that says. Exactly. Yes. We, it means there that no there, nothing needs to be changed about the current design of the Igler Cola. <laughs> there is no better way to keep items minimally cold than to put physical ice inside of an insulated plastic tub. It's like how alligators and like other types of like reptiles are like years old have not evolved at all yeah. in the last 500 million years. Cause they don't need to, they're perfectly they're efficient perfect the way they are. Yeah. <laughs> they do not need to adapt any further than they are now. That is the, the way of the Igler Cola. That is Igler Cola. <laughs> Um, also, if Igloo Cordula is looking to sponsor us, Igloo Coolers, we are here to sing your praises. We would love to keep cold items and bevs inside of one of your coolers. Yeah, here, I'll even give you a little sample. Ah, ice cold Igloo Cooler. Boom. Here, let me let me try. Ah, Igloo Cooler. <laughs> That was gonna. I was going for more of like a '90s beach vibe. Igloo Cola. I like that. Yeah, a, a Spuds McKenzie or Slurms McKenzie. Yes, people. exactly. A Slurms McKenzie. <laughs> um, this so this episode has a ton of like n- really great like little one liners. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's all these moments where Bender uh, keeps like basically snipe like using his laser-guided fishing pole to, like, get fry in various <laughs> places. Fry a colonoscopy, yeah. Yeah, and so at first he hits him in the forehead. He's like, what good is, like, a laser-sighted, like, fishing rod do? And then you see the, like, laser center in on his forehead, and then he gets hit in the face with the hook. And then later on he's bending over, and Bender gets the hook up his ass, and, and Fry's like, ow, my small oh, intestine! intestine. <laughs> yeah. Which is gory Very, as hell because... Getting a hook on your small intestine... Because hooks are designed to not be pulled out. Right, especially with a barbed hook or like a corkscrew wiener like a duck. That's what I'm saying. Wait, ducks have corkscrews. Lions have barbs. I think that's a duck. Or a duck. Um, Or a duck. So we – basically Bender's like not really catching anything. Fry's kind of showing him off with some average-sized fish. Meanwhile, Leela is uh, harpooning boots. Yeah, she has a harpoon. Like Like a whaler on the moon. Yeah, correct. Okay. Uh, but that she assembles like a pool cue, which I thought was so cool. Yeah, um, it's like when she has a, her own little briefcase that has like a tele, not a telescoping, but like a screw together the way pool cues. Yes, a, a thread and a screw. A, yeah. a screw together uh, two part uh, harpoon. Yeah. And yes, are you about to go where I think you're going with the harpoon? Uh, thing? Yes, exactly. She hey, harpoons go ahead, a go boot, ahead. And then yeah. uh, it's nothing, basically nothing. And then she's like, 
oh, boys, come over here. Now I've really got something. Whatever it is, it's 10 times heavier than a boot. Or no, she says whatever, it is, it's, yeah, whatever it is, it's 20 times heavier. <laughs> and then she pulls out a crate that says boots, 10 pair. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really, really good one. It's so it's one of my favorite jokes because it's so simple, but just the fact that you have to do it's the so combination good. of 10 pairs of boots, you're like, God damn, that was so well written. <laughs> Um, oh, and then yeah. eventually she catches another thing that she's like, this one's alive. Like, and then it's just a boot with Zoidberg's hand in it. And she's like, what were you <laughs> yeah. even doing trying to like use that boot? And he's like, I was trying to eat it. I was eating it. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of good Zoidberg destitution jokes. Yeah. So, oh. so basically Bender's not catching anything. And I do love, there's a moment where there's a lot of good one-liners on in this yeah. first scene. I feel like I wrote half my notes are from like the first scene. Um, where so Bender at, at the very first he uses his like telescoping arms to outdo Fry when mm-hmm. you know Fry at one point's like I once caught a fish this big you know he spreads his arms out and then Bender does the same thing but of course can like extend his arms out like twenty mm-hmm. feet in either direction so at one point Fry catches like a pretty good you know a twelve to fourteen inch fish probably yeah um, he's like. Bender, look, I caught a fish this big. And Bender's like, stop exaggerating as if he wasn't holding a fish that was literally that big. Yes, I love that. Like, stop exaggerating, Fry. Like, he's physically holding the fish. Like, yeah, it's like, I have it right here. This is the proof. Yeah. But yeah, Bender's, Bender's not really catching anything. Um, so he steals Amy's um, parasol and mm-hmm. bends it into, like, a hook. And he's like, huh. Another job that can be improved by be- – or another can problem that can be solved by bending. By bending. <laughs> so he makes a sort of makeshift like hook and then attaches the the unbreakable diamond filament uh, yes. sort of like fishing line to it and he casts that out. Um, and I do love it because after a while they've been out all day and like Amy clearly fell asleep and she's like sunburnt. And when she wakes up, she's like terrified that like, oh, no, like I'm, I'm, I'm mortified I got sunburnt. Um, she's like, Bender, did you take my parasol? And he's like, no, but I did take your umbrella. I <laughs> know. He's like, he's like, I don't know. Was it underneath your, t- your big umbrella? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so Bender basically uh, has to reel in, reel in the unbreakable diamond tether and realizes that he's caught something. And it, uh, the, this gigantic fish pops out over Um and I love the professor says, sweet zombie Jesus. <laughs> such a good exclamation that we just start it's a using. Colo- it's a colossal, colossal mouth, mouth bass. bass. Yeah, which was so stupid. Uh, and then Zoidberg is like, don't worry, friends. I'll cut the unbreakable diamond tether. And like can't break it for a And he can't do it. And he's like, but at least I have my friends. And then everyone else has <laughs> already gone into the ship before he can, before they get submerged. Yes, um, so he, exactly. he sort of like scrambles in. And then I do love this this uh, the, this joke because they – this is a thing that sci-fi movies do a lot where they ignore – like I actually was reaching – I was watching Star Trek, the newer Star Trek movies a couple weeks ago. And they do this. There's a scene in like the second or third one where they're, the spaceship is underwater. And the thing about a spaceship is it's designed to be in the vacuum of space, so there is right. zero atmospheres of pressure. Uh, so most spaceships probably could not be underwater, and they kind of call this out, like, as they get deeper and deeper, 
um, the professor's like, oh, we're at like 150 atmospheres of pressure. Yeah, 5,000 like, feet is 150 atmospheres of pressure. I wrote that down. That doesn't seem right. 5,000 feet is not that be, deep. Yeah. I can dive well, I like six feet. 6,000 feet. Six feet. That's How many impressive. atmospheres of pressure is that? Uh, I mean, by the time you're at like two, 30 feet, I think you're at like two, at least two atmospheres. So it might even be more. But anyway, the Fry is like, well, how much is the ship was like built to withstand? And the professor's like, well, it's a spaceship. So anywhere between zero and one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I was like, yes, that is like accurate. So the ship, they're like, well, we have to equalize pressure. And then water starts flooding in. And they're like, how do we like equalize it? And then where the water's like spilling in, they're like, well, that works. Basically just flood yeah. the ship. And then Fry's like, hold on, I'll be right back. And he leaves and he comes out from the bathroom having flushed the toilet and all the water <laughs> is going away. And they're like, Fry, you did it. You saved me. He was like, huh? Like basically he wasn't trying to save anything. He just had to piss before <laughs> they all died, I guess. Yeah. But no, so I also wanted to call this out. <clears throat> uh, Fry has – in previous episodes, Fry has peed in the ocean and he pees in the ocean in this one. So Fry would have been, had no problem just peeing in the ocean. So clearly he was taking a number two. Oh, a very fast one at that. Uh, correct. Well, I'm guessing as all the it, water came down, the toilet was sucked it out of him. Would be my guess. Okay. Well, you know, I'll I'll allow that hypothesis. Okay. Okay. Perfect. He does pee uh, a lot, very frequently this episode. So maybe he drank a lot of uh, beer or water before the festivities really happen. True. That's very true. And also to to correct this, actually, I'm kind of shocked that they got this wrong. Um, according to the NOAA.gov, for every 10 meters of water depth, uh, pressure increases by about one atmosphere, which is 14.6 pounds per square inch. Literally, they give the okay. example, at a depth of 5,000 meters, the pressure will be approximately 500 atmospheres or but they, 500 times greater than the pressure at sea level. But they're 500 feet. 5,000 feet, not 5,000 meters. So divide that by feet. Three. Oh. 3.28, and you probably get oh, about 150. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I didn't major in sig figs. I majored in smoking sigs and banging figs. <laughs> hey. Don't, we are I am allowed not to gonna, say anything I want, and especially. Yeah, but you can't. You can't make such a big deal about the Trader Joe's, uh, especially Trader Joe's. <laughs> no, 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 Trader no. Joe. I'm coming. No, we will litigate in another. We will, we will. We are coming for you. Yeah, Koala Court will Koala Court will discuss this matter in a separate proceeding. It will a thousand percent. You know what? We should have. We should actually write these things down and do a Patreon on the Koala Court proceedings, and we should make the argument, and then the other person gets to decide as the judge whether they whether they win or lose. Okay, basically copying uh, Judge John Hodgman's podcast. I don't even know what that is, but uh, sure. John Hodgman, great comedian, uh, or actually, I think he refers to himself as a humorist, which I uh, appreciate. Oh. Um, he is a great humorist, and he has a podcast called Judge John Hodgman, where basically people call in and they're like, "I have this issue. Who's right and like who's wrong, or like, am I wrong for this?" And he'll kind of talk it out, and he'll be like, he'll come up with some verdict about it. It's usually just like normal life stuff, but yeah. Um, but so anyway, so they, they it sounds like they were pretty close actually. Um, and this this is like this episode has one of my all time favorite professor quotes, which is 
basically they're going to, huh? Sweet zombie Jesus. No, Um, I'm getting (laughs) to it. If you just let me freaking finish. Um, he basically, they, they, they get to the bottom, um, and they finally settled. The fish isn't like dragging them around anymore. Um, and they're like, okay, we need to go out and explore because like we need food and like the ship is broken right now. So we have to repair it. Mm -hmm. Um, so Bender and, uh, Zoidberg are going to go out and Fry wants to join them. And the, the the professor's like, well, no Fry, like you'll be crushed by the pressure. So he gives him this like drug that he has that will like help him withstand the pressure and Fry's like, that pill's way too big for me to swallow. And the professor's like, good news then. It's a suppository. <laughs> yes. Which, Which I, I love. W- I, I love, 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 love that. That's like been one of my favorite quotes like for such a long time. Good news. It's a suppository. I would like to extrapolate further on that, if I may. Okay. The, later on in the episode, uh, when we get the breathers from the Chamber of Commerce, the professor says, this is degrading, or this is uncomfortable and degrading. Yeah. Now, if you could make it into a suppository. Yeah. And then he also says to Amy, you've all taken your suppositories, right? Yeah, she and says, she's like, yes, quit asking. asking. <laughs> yeah. This is the genetic fetishism and the learned genetic traumas that have led Fry, the Fry family and the Farnsworth family <clears throat> to be ass men. The professor is also an ass man. He's making everything about putting it in butts and suppositories. Oh, and okay. I made that argument earlier. And the fries and ass accepted man. and confirmed in Koala Court. The fries and ass yes, man. Yes, true. The Farnsworth okay. men are ass men. Now we need to wait until the, we have episodes with the dad and see if I can. And uh, Yancey. Proof. Oh, and Yancey too. Yes. I'll have to get some. some okay. Okay, the court, will, the court will allow this addition of evidence. Exhibit B of Fry being an ass man has now extended to the Farnsworth branch also being ass men. And Thank we you, will Ron. allow this – this evidence will be, will be permitted. And also it will be um, sold at auction to the highest bidder. <laughs> This is this court Honor, is in dire need. Of, this court is in dire need of funds, so we are going to be auctioning things off, <laughs> uh, including a bachelor auction. But uh, we'll talk about that later. Oh, um, we like it. So yeah, they they basically get to the bottom, and I love this. There's like kind of a lot of things going on because they're trying to fix the ship. Zoidberg finds a shell, and he's like, "Look at me, I'm Zoidberg." Homer. I love that. <laughs> That's like line. the first time he's ever owned a, a, a house, yeah, um, and it's just a giant shell. And so, Petey, I have this. So, I have a. I have a. Oh wait, actually, is this going to good uh, be a question for trivia? Yeah, actually, it, 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 I forgot that I did want to put it to trivia, so I'm not going to ask you it right now. I have a feeling we might have the exact same question, but we can ask it on three. When we get to trivia. <clears throat> okay, when we get to trivia. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Fry meets a mermaid. No one really believes him. Um, and I love the part where he's like trying to talk underwater to, to Bender and Zoidberg. And he's like, and then they cut to them inside and they're eating a meal. And Fry is still like going like, and Leela's like, Fry, like swallow your food. Yeah, chew your food before you talk. And then he finds like, oh, I saw a mermaid. Um, and so basically Fry becomes friendly with this mermaid. Um, and right when they meet, 
she gives him like a breather thing. And so he he had put air in a briefcase to go meet her. And he, <laughs> he lets go of it to go turn around, close the door. And then obviously the briefcase floats up because it's full of air. And he like freaks out. Um, and then the mermaid um, Umbriel gives him. Umbriel, yes. Um, gives him the briefcase, which reminds me of uh, there's a character, a, a brief character in Happy Endings whose name is Andrea, not Andrea. Andrea. Oh, <laughs> that just sounds so unsavory. Um, but anyway, so Fry, I'm trying to speed through now because uh, we uh, we need. I to know we're already. I knew pick up the pace. This is bad. Happen. We're so bad at this. Um, <clears throat> practice makes perfect, though. So, so basically, Fry, this is this was one of actually the things that I really liked about this episode was they have a very very good uh, song, "The Way Down Below the Ocean," which I'm guessing is done by Donovan since he's the guest singer, but I don't really know. Uh, maybe it's the Beatles. Who knows? It sounds very Beatles esque. I think it, it is meant to sound like a Beatles song, like Octopus, yes, exactly, Garden yeah. Under the Sea or whatever. Right, right. Yellow Submarine, blah blah blah. But I did love this where they kind of do like a like the I Heart You. It was very colorful. It's very fun. Fry and Umbriel go on this kind of underwater date, fall in love. You get to see kind of a little bit more about her world and explore a little bit and see that Fry is kind of like you know just a sweet, cute guy and like. This is what Leela's missing out on. This is what she could be having, but she doesn't. They toast uh, shrimp over the over the uh, volcanic the vent. vent as well. Yeah, exactly. And um, Fry Fry pisses next to the vent, and she's like, "Did it just get did colder? Get colder? <laughs> yeah, is it get warmer in here? Did it just get colder?" Uh, and I love the, the line that Fry's like, "He's like, oh, on land we call them land lions." No, he goes. He goes, I'm so glad that I don't have to put on like false pretenses because otherwise I would have to I would have to claim that I'm something like an astronaut or like a lion tamer. And she's like, Oh, y'all have sea lions up on land? And he's like, Yeah, we call them land, land sea lions. <laughs> and I tame I them. So basically, uh Fry then they're like dating, they're like hot and heavy, and Fry introduces everybody else to what is the lost city of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Donovan, the folk singer gives like this, they have a chamber of commerce video yeah. where Donovan is like narrating like what happened. Um, and I love that they have a thing where it's like, what's his face? Um, the guy who owned, owned, I don't know if he still does CNN. Uh, I forget his Ted name. Turner. Ted Turner. And instead of it saying like the letter CNN, when it's going underwater, it says S E A N N. Great little. Yeah. I did. I, 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 this is the first time I've actually noticed that. I did not realize that on the statue otherwise. It was, see, that it was like S E A N N. But basically, it's explained that. The city was landlocked to become more of a tourist hub. They they picked up the entire city and they put it in the ocean, um, and then it ended up expanding, you know, overdeveloping and it and it sank. Um, and so everybody else stayed there. So a bunch of people stayed there. Um, the Ted Turners, the the rich people, got to leave, um, but then people stayed and eventually evolved into mermaids because of the Coke factory emitting caffeine into the water. Which we accelerated the evolutionary process. Right. Which I, I recently learned caffeine doesn't actually give you energy. It just makes you f- not feel tired, which is uh, interesting. Oh, really? I didn't. It's not like an amphetamine, which I think gives you some sort of energy. It's more like um, it blocks the things that make you lack focus. Oh. So it helps you focus not because of energy, but because of like other 
interactions, which the Earth I, I can't Erica I cannot give a source for this, so um, I won't say this is fact. But feel free to I correct us. Re- yeah, yeah. Uh, feel especially free to Patreon in. pals, call in if you want to support us on Patreon at the two dollar a month uh, delivery boy uh, tier. You can do that and then send us a message about correcting us on this. We'll accept that. Or you can follow Correct. us on Twitter at WTTWOT. I'm just saying. Anyway. If you do. I'm trying to like um, – so Fry basically is in love until he finds out that he doesn't know how to have sex with a fish woman. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, he, as he's like running away, he's like, why couldn't she have been the other type of mermaid with like a fish, fish on the top, top and the lady, and part lady on parts bottom. on the bottom? Yeah. I also love that basically the um, the, the, the ship kind of gets fixed and uh, they're all like, all right, we'll go meet these people and then come back and leave. And the professor like, like Fry, if you if you stay here right now, you're going to have to stay here forever. And he's like, oh, that's a tough choice. And the professor just immediately turns the page and is like, I'm bored. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, come on, hurry up. Like he just immediately, like there's no urgency by any means. Nothing's chasing them. There's no danger. It's just the professor being a crotchety old man being like, let's get out of here. I'm ready to go. Leave the guy here. And then they're all sad to leave Fry, but then when they're saying bye to Zoidberg because he has his home, they're always like, yeah, shut up. Like, get the fuck out of here anyway. <laughs> and, then- and then Zoidberg turns around and his house has burned down somehow. And it basically it's revealed that Bender had a lit cigar um, underwater that then like burned Zoidberg's house down. And Hermes um, is like, that just raises even more questions. Yeah. <laughs> I do love that line so much. It's so good. So pretty much uh, Fry is running after the Planet Express ship. Thank God Bender's hook is still on it, made out of Amy's parasol. And he, he just in time, in the nick of time, catches it and is then consumed by the colossal mouth bass. We fast forward to the uh, Mayor Poopenmeyer is congratulating Bender with a $1,000 check that says Bender-Unit 22, which I don't think is his actual unit number. I couldn't look at, I couldn't find the other one, this file from that. But it says Bender. Yeah, we'll yeah, have to like check. Um, we'll have to check when he the Bender like origins episode. Yes, exactly. Which is the new one, but which I I tried to look up a screenshot of it, but I couldn't. But um, anyways, then he spits out Fry. Fry the the, um, the colossal mouth bath is no longer a world record, and Bender yeah, loses the check. Fry basically puts it under after he's expelled from the fish. Puts him under the the record. Yes, exactly. And then Bender proceeds to get angry at Fry, and we kind of end with the uh, executive with producer Zoidberg David X. Cohen. opening the the gills. He, Zoidberg now lives inside of the, the colossal. Oh bass, yeah, yeah. The gills are like his shutters, and he's like, "Hey, I'm trying to sleep in here. <laughs> I'm trying to live in here." <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, Gort Lord. Well, uh, what should we do? Trivia and then rate. I think we should do trivia and then rate. Yeah, let's do trivia and then rate. Okay. Uh, should, would you like to go first? Or would you like me to? Okay, no roll. I'll go first. Okay, so um, I have two questions, PD. Um, I have seventeen. The f- oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the first one is is more of a is more of a um close-ended question, and the second one is more of an open-ended question, okay? So Proceed, the first counsel. one is, how good is Atlanta's symphony? It's a third-rate symphony. Very good. <laughs> it's also, no, he's saying the Braves are a third-rate symphony, which I think is a baseball term. No, he's saying the Braves are good. Like, at least Atlanta has the Braves, but 
they do have a third-rate symphony. Basically, it's I like the merits like of that the Braves. Staying. The Braves are a third-rate symphony. Why? But that doesn't make any sense. I think that's like a baseball term. A symphony? Like, oh, they're a third-rate symphony. Yeah. In the episode, sure, they have the Braves, but it's a third-rate symphony. <laughs> yes! This must be litigated right now. Council, approach the bench. Okay. Refer- Council. According to... Sci-fi. Make my bench Dot- approach you, council, counselor. <laughs> bench, approach the council, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I'm assuming he's not talking about a literal symphony, but I don't know what it means. Is it referring to the Braves, the city, or what? Two answers. Zoidberg is saying that while Atlanta has the Braves, apparently the selling point in his mind, their orchestra is irredeemably mediocre. The Bla- yes. Braves are a baseball team, and the symphony is an orchestra, a group yes. of musicians who plays. Wait, 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 wait. I disagree. Like many things in the future, I'm a Okay, universe. this is just someone else's opinion online. This is not proof. Okay, what what else is proof, Willie? I do my own research on vaccines. Uh, I do my and own people's research. People's opinion online tell me whether I should or people, shouldn't Other do people's it. opinions count as Not evidence. empirical data, nor evidence, nor re, re, uh, repeatable counselor, experiments. I'm going to need uh, – counselor, I'm going to say this. What you've discovered is an argument. What I need right now is evidence. Uh, okay. Final argument, closing argument. I mean, Petey, you got the trivia right, so we don't need to. Closing argument, I'm going to just read one paragraph. This guy sums it up pretty well. Ultimately, the joke can be read as one, Zoidberg misunderstands human culture. Can be read. And thinks the Braves, the Braves, thinks the Braves are an orchestra. Two, the Braves are, have in fact become an orchestra. Or three, is using the term as a metaphor. All right, I'm going to invoke Occam's razor here and say that the simplest explanation is the most likely one, which is that he's talking about that he likes the Braves and he thinks the orchestra is mediocre. Excuse me, I'm getting a call. Hey, uh, Matt, Matt Groening. Yeah, it's me. Did you mean um, Third Rate Symphony? <laughs> okay, thanks, Matt. He said he can't. He can't tell you. It's just. It's just between he and I. So we will let him know. Okay. Same, same well, you got as, uh, you got that one right. Um, okay, so the second one. How much? <laughs> This is really not a good trivia question. How much is Zoidberg's house worth in 2022? Pre-burnt. It's not burnt, but when he had it all built out and it wasn't burned down, how much do you think? A shell of a lot? Okay. okay. (laughs) I would have accepted many answers, but that one definitely – that gets you an extra point. That gets you a point five. Uh, You get a bonus point for that. I'll take that one. Okay, I'm glad we had this this uh, question about Zoidberg's house because it's my turn. Okay, and you only get uh, to do two. All right, PD, we have time. We're gonna do. Right. We're gonna do three. They're quick. No. Uh, why is the professor's unbreakable diamond tether so important to him? Because his grandmother gave it to him. Correct. Zoidberg is maybe a homeowner, but he lives in the shell of what type of animal? Uh, a hermit crab. We learned about it on that weird Christopher Columbus exploration thing that we did in fourth grade that was very much, like, all about how great Columbus was. Oh, God. That makes me hurt inside. (laughs) In Cuba. I just remembered it. Jesus Christ. But we learned about how people in the Bahamas eat this all the time, and it's like a shellfish, and it's not Oh, conch? Yeah, conch. Which I always thought it was conch, but magic conch, so. Uh, Maybe it's to them. I don't know. It might be Uh, both. It might be one of those both are acceptable. True. The professor reconfigures the propeller to work with what materials? Oh, paper mache. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I just need to let my paper mache dry. <laughs> dry. Underwater. <laughs> yeah, it's underwater. <laughs> doesn't make any, this doesn't make any sense. 
And I'll give you bonus points. I'll give you okay. a bonus point. All right. You just wanted to ask a fourth trivia question. <laughs> <laughs> Gets all right through me. <laughs> uh, after Fry leaves, what does Umbriel's dad su- or who does Umbriel's dad suggest she dates? Oh, oh, I remember laughing at this in the um, accent because I love this quote. Okay, okay. Uh, I damn, I remember specifically <laughs> laughing at this part, but now I'm blanking on it. He's like, uh, you could always go out with that nice. Uh, it's not a sea urchin. No, it's, no, no, no. It's kind of a seal. Oh, dugong. He says something about. <laughs> he says something about like you could always uh, go out with that nice dugong boy or something. And he goes, "What is the line?" Well, what about that rich young dugong boy from Macon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from Macon. <laughs> Which I don't even Macon, Georgia. I know is a place. Yeah, I, don't I think know it's where the fuck it is. Well done, dude. We killed well trivia. Done. We did great on trivia this time. Okay, and I think we've hit the good trivia. I think this is where this is. I like where we're at here. These are the good. I, I agree. If I can do some speed fire ones, and I can do more, and you, oh, then we can go to yeah. Go because depth into the, yours. it was getting too. I was getting too paranoid and anxious about having to read all. The and signs. I want to do enjoy it. And I want to go back and write every sign exactly. down. I think it's perfect. Okay, so PD, um, how many suppositories out of five would you rate this episode? Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, that was pretty good. I was going to say Colossal Mouse Bath, but I like the story better. Uh, 4.75. I wow. That is, it. is that the ah, highest score we've ever given? That's the highest I've ever given. Episode. Yes. That's the highest I've wow, ever given. I okay. Love this app. So good. I, okay. Love it. I'm going to give this a 4.25. So that's oh, a pretty high score for me. Oh, uh, yeah. People know that I'm now the Simon Cowell this season. I was the Randy Jeff for- last season. I should have been the Simon Cow. I am the Simon Cow, but I just I'm very uh what's the word? miserly with my ratings, but this season I have absolutely been the Paula This is, Abdul, this is a like, good season for you. This was so much better than I thought. I remember this one way different. The Xmas story is 10 stars out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mega so that gives us that gives us a four and a half out of five on average, which is pretty I think that's one of the highest. Of if not, highest. That is the highest uh, rating this season. I, I think, think it is. So, yeah, it's, um, it's yeah. Best. Last week, last week or two weeks ago, I mean, we had a four average. We both gave it a four out of five. So I think that's the closest up until now. Yeah, um, this is a great one. So thank you guys for joining us. Um, that was season two, episode sixteen, the Deep South. Next week we'll cover season two, episode seventeen, Bender gets made. Uh, which is, uh, I'm guessing, oh, yes. a pun at getting laid. Um, but no, he, it's about the mafia. Oh, that's right. Because you get like you're a yeah, made you get man. made once yeah. once they find out that you're uh, undercover and shit. No, no, no. You getting made is like when you have made it. So that means you're like a full boss, and you have people. Oh, I thought it was like a term where it's like undercover people are like, I've got like I get I got made like they've made me. Oh no, that's like snitch. Or a rat, or snrat. Basically, when someone finds out a secret about you. Oh no, no, no! Maid is a good thing. Maid is like I'm a maid man. I watch The Sopranos. Okay, I should know. Hey, all right, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> well, thanks wow. for joining us, guys. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at WTTWOT for updates. And please do support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash world of tomorrow pod. And, and 
extra special thank you to our very first and highest level supporter, Sam. Sam. Thank you so much for uh, supporting us at the ship captain level. You are our number one Leela in our hearts. Uh, mm-hmm. And we can't wait to make content for you. So if other people want to get FOMO on that, and feel free to support us on Patreon. So thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Good, good, good news, everyone. Yeah.